Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Welcome in Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering into the world of news and other topics we find interesting. Here we go, Adam. Uh, season over. You and I were both in Cincinnati as the Raiders uh, went down to the Bengals. So now the movement heads towards a GM and possibly, probably a new head coach. Before that we get to that, though, I want to look at back. Uh, I do Grainy's grades for the paper and for the um, website and internet. I thought a good ga- ga- gauge today would be Hill's grades uh, to see – where you put the Raiders this year. I'm going to go over each um, each side of the ball and kind of get your thoughts on what we saw the Raiders in 2021. Um, offensively, I I kind of settled on a C minus D. Um, I don't think they were very good most of the year, especially in the red zone. Um, I thought they had major problems with their offensive line other than Colton Miller. Um, quickly, I didn't think Darren Waller was Darren Waller even before he got hurt. They had some nice spots like kind of Renfro. Uh, and I thought um, Derek Carr statistically uh, had another really, really good year. But again, the red zone issues just kind of bit them time and again. So uh, I believe I finished like at a C minus D plus. Um, give me your thoughts on the offense this year. Yeah, I mean that might be a that might be a little harsh, actually. Yeah, um, well, I am a positive guy usually. This time I'm negative. It's true. I mean, I was thinking C right off right off my head. I mean, it's not that much better, I guess. But um, I think they were a very average offense, and and that's. You know that's most of the league. It would be around C's to me. You know, I have uh, just on a side note. You know, somebody said, uh, "You, you're, you know, you say all these quarterbacks are no good. Like, who do you think is good?" And I like somebody has to be good. And I say, "Well, I think there's like three good quarterbacks in the league." So, like, if I'm like, "Yeah, you know what, Joe Burrow's not quite there yet. Justin Herbert's not quite there yet." They're like, "Well, then who is?" I'm like, "Well, like three guys, like Mahomes, Rogers." Uh, Brady, like that's about it. So, uh, yeah, in general, I think most teams are around a C. I think most teams are about average, and I think the Raiders are right there for some of the reasons you mentioned. Like, yeah, the offense with Derek Carr at times put up big numbers in the passing game, but they couldn't finish drives. They were, you know, putting up all these yards between the twenties and then completely stalling out in the red zone. Um, you know, I, I think in the running game they had long stretches where they couldn't do anything, uh, and that was mostly in the offensive line. I mean, even Josh Jacobs came out at one point. And said, you know, watch the tape. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go exactly? There's no holes there. Uh, so, you know, for long stretches, they couldn't do that. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, they were able to run the ball a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think, you, as you mentioned, there's some bright spots. Hunter Renfro, obviously, a very bright spot this year. Um, Darren Waller with the injury, missing a bunch of games. Uh, you know, Brian Edwards had some flashes where he was great. Say Jones had some flashes where he was great. Um, everybody kind of had flashes, but then went away for a while. And, uh, I think in the end, that all kind of bounces out and it becomes a C. Are you, I guess not worried, but 
you know, we heard a lot about Brian Edwards when they drafted him. He was going to be the goal line guy. He was going to be the tall, athletic receiver who go get go up and get the ball. I don't. I mean, I think he regressed, and I don't know what that's saying because I didn't think he was great the first year. But give me your thoughts on Brian Edwards. Like, is this a guy they're going to be able to make into an NFL wide receiver? Well, I guess I would disagree that he regressed. I mean, I think in his first year he missed a bunch of games with injury, and he was never healthy and. Um, he had, he had, he had the same things in the first year that he had, I think in the second year of, you know, flashes of being very good and, and times, um, at the end of games where he'd come up with some big plays, but you'd have, you know, three and a half quarters where he didn't exist. And then all of a sudden you like two big catches for you down the stretch. And I think you'll take that on some level, like you'll, you'll take a guy coming up big and making some big plays for you, but it needs to be more consistent. It has to happen more often. And, um, you know, he's a guy that, uh, went through some injuries in college. He's done in the pros as well. Um, he needs to put together a longer stretch of being healthy. Uh, but I, I, I think you're not quite there yet where you're like, this isn't going to work because you've seen enough where it does work with him. Uh, it's just, it's just not anywhere close to as consistent as it needs to be. And I think that'll be kind of a focus of the off season of, you know, getting him to that level of, uh, you can't, you can't just make two big plays in a game. You have to make, you know, you have to make plays consistently throughout the game, throughout um, a season, uh, not only for your team, but also to make the other teams, you know, pay attention more to you and, and you know, draw the kind of defense that you need to uh, for your team to succeed. Why, you know, if, if if you're a guy that's disappearing for much of the game and they don't have to focus on you at all defensively, then you're not really helping out the rest of the team either, even when you're not making plays. So uh, they do need a little bit more out of him, but I, I'm not – you know, it's not panic time yet, I would say. We don't know who the GM is going to be. We don't know who the coach is going to be. I did want to ask you this about options that are, you know, going to be picked up or not. Do you think they're full speed ahead with Josh Jacobs? No. I don't either. But but also, like, I don't, I'm not looking at it as a knock on Josh Jacobs. I mean, I think he's been he's been fine. Um, you know, I you don't take running backs in the first round. You don't invest that much in running backs. It's It's been shown time and time again that it just really doesn't work out. Uh, and they put him in a tough position of drafting him in the first round and putting all these expectations on him. And, you know, like I said, he's been he's been a good player, but I don't think you want to get into, you know, maybe you do extend the the, the one extra year on his, on his rookie deal, but um, I don't know that I would, and I certainly don't know that I would go into renegotiating a long-term contract. I mean, this, this is not how you build a team. Uh, you don't build a team by paying running backs a lot of money. Uh, and maybe if their name is Derrick Henry, maybe, but even you saw him, you know, he was missing for much of this year. It's just running backs get hurt too often. Uh, they don't have that much life on their legs and it sucks. Like I do believe that the league needs to do something about, uh, restructuring for running backs, uh, getting them paid earlier in their careers, because it's just not fair to them that, you know, you, you ride them and, and beat them down in their first couple of seasons when they're not making much money. And then at, the, at a time when all these other positions are entering their prime and they're getting paid, uh, you're looking at running backs and saying you're done. And that's just not fair to them, but that's that's the reality of the situation. And if you're a team, you can't invest that much money in a running back. I thought Colton Miller had a good year. I don't think Alex Leatherwood was good either at tackler guard. Uh, Andre James got better as the year went on. The other guards, not to speak of much. Like How far do you think this offensive line is away? And when you do get a new GM in here and he starts looking at the film – how depressed is he going to be, or do you think he's going to have ways to try to get it to where it can be better pretty quick? Well, I mean, you've got Colton Miller, as you mentioned, at left tackle, who is, you know, he's he's good. 
he's a good player. You know, he's not he's not elite. He's not the top of the league. He's a good player. It's a good, solid base to build from. Uh, Andre James actually played really well in the second half of the season at yeah, center. Yeah, better. So you know he he was he was up he was up there. He was showing definite signs of improvement. Um, and I think that's when you really saw the running game kind of take off down the stretch. Is when Andre James started to play better. Uh, otherwise, you know, Simpson had his moments, but definitely nowhere close to enough. I'd, I'd be a little bit worried on, on you know left guard. Uh, I don't expect Richie Incognito to necessarily be back. So, um, and it, if he if he were, I mean, how how much longer would he give you anyway? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, what, what does he really have left? Yeah, and you mentioned, I you know, I do think Alex Leatherwood stays a guard at least for the time being. Was he was he good? No. There were signs here and there, and especially in the running game in the second half of the season, that he at least looked competent. Um, Got to get rid of the penalties, obviously. That's a, a major focus. Uh, and, and in pass protection, there's a long way to go. Um, if you told me that Alex Leatherwood was the, you know, was the worst player on the line next year, I think you'd be okay with that. Um, you would say, okay, that means you upgraded at left guard. That means you probably brought in uh, somebody to play right tackle. And now you're like, okay, uh, if Alex Leatherwood is the weak link, I think you're okay with that offensive line. But, you know, that's not really where they were. They had a couple of weak links on that offensive line this year. So they need to build it up. They obviously need to invest uh, in that area. I know there's some good uh, potential free agent options out there to build along the offensive line that they're going to need to look at. But they're going to need to upgrade in that area. And like I said, if you if you – if you tell me you're going to bring in a left guard and a right tackle and, you know, you know, kind of improve over Leatherwood and, and just let him come along and, you know, be the weak link and get better, like, I think you're going to be okay with that offensive line next year. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Defensively, um, I landed on a B, and a lot of it had to do with, I don't know if they were great this year, but they were a lot better than last year. And and they were a lot better than, I don't know, 10 years. Um, I thought Gus Bradley did a terrific job. I, I If I'm the GM coming in, and Rich Bisacci is not the head coach, I probably really think twice about not uh, not telling the new coach, hey, we got to keep Gus Bradley. I think I tell the new coach that. Um, obviously, new coach is you know, probably going to want his own coordinators. We know what Max Crosby did as an all-pro. I do want to get your thoughts on Yannick Ngakwe because I didn't think uh, – he had 10 sacks, but I'm not going to say I thought he was as good as I, you know, I, I first uh, imagined he would be. Denzel Perryman played terrific. Um Casey Hayward, uh, I think they would want him back. We'll see. He probably make a lot of money on the open market. Thought guys like Nate Hobbs, young guy, Trayvon Warren were fine. Uh, Jonathan Abram, before he got hurt, I thought that he did a good job of bringing him close to the line and kind of playing to his strengths because at this point he still can't cover me or you. Um, but I think you know he's a totally aggressive tackler, which gets him in trouble sometimes. Uh, Damon Arnett, who couldn't play very much, gets waived anyway. So I do think they need corner help. But overall, I give him a B. Where do you stand on the defense? Yeah, they need corner help for sure. Um, I, I guess first for the grade for the year, I, I would go maybe B minus. Um, not too far off from where you are. Uh, but the, listen, I think it was a defense that was kind of patched together, and Gus Bradley did a great job of 
you know, filling in those pieces and obviously putting Jonathan Abram in a, a better position where he's more comfortable helped out. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't expect necessarily, depending on who the new coach is, to keep Gus Bradley, even though I think he did a good job, just because it is a fairly unique defense. Not a whole lot of coaches might be totally comfortable with playing it. But at the same time, if you change defenses again, maybe, I mean, what happens with Jonathan Abram? Like, are you now going back to him having to be on the field and covering somebody if he's playing a safety in a more traditional defense? and not taking advantage of his best strength. So maybe, I mean, Jonathan Abram is not the kind of, you know, transformational player that you need to build a defense around. But you also, if you do go to a more traditional defense, you might lose any effectiveness from him at all. So it's something to think about and ponder uh, in terms of of what he's going to do in the defense. And and the problem that they're going to have, and, uh, you know, I, I think that they did, you know, a good job with what they had. And I think some of the guys they brought in were good. I was, I was higher on Ngakwe than you were. I thought he was very good. Obviously, Max Crosby developing uh, as a star. They brought in some other, you know, bodies along the defensive line that I thought were all good. Quentin Jefferson did well. And Solomon Thomas had a pretty good year. Um, they brought in a bunch of those bodies. But the issue is now that they have some money, uh, they've got some money under the cap. They're going to be able to spend. They're going to be able to bring in some players. But you did you did this patchwork with this defense by bringing in a bunch of guys already, and as you mentioned, like a lot of them are now going to be on on the market. A lot of them now can get away, and so while you have a nice young base of of you know defensive core, the guys that played really really well for you, a lot of them are not locked up long term and are not yeah. necessarily yeah. going to be around here for a long time. So you might have to sign them and use a lot of that cap money that you have by keeping this defense that was patched together together. Uh, so, so that's not a an ideal situation going into the off season, but you know I will I, you know I, I do think that they're in a, a a great spot. I think a better spot than they are offensively, just because you have a guy like Max Crosby to build around. Now you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you've got some pieces. You've got along the line of scrimmage in Max Crosby, and I thought Trayvon Merrick had a really good year. Uh, at safety as well. Yeah, I thought he stepped in as a rookie and did really well. It was a tough spot to play, and I thought he was really good. Now, again, the problem is he was a prototypical deep safety in this defense. So just like Abram, they have, you know, this defense was really tailor-made to their safety duo, and they brought Trayvon Merring in when they brought Gus Bradley in, and they drafted him and said, hey, he's going to fit really well in this, you know, in this single high role. Well, now if you switch that up, and it's it's different, and, and it's you know a, a more traditional safety role for both of them. I think Trayvon Merrick's in a better spot than Jonathan Abram would be, but um, this defense is really tailor made to those two guys and their strengths. So uh, any any kind of change would throw that off a little bit. Uh, you absolutely need to upgrade um, at the corner cornerback position because if if Casey Hayward is not here, and I'm sure they hope that he is, um, you know you've got Nate Hobbs in the in the slot, but um, on the outside you need. You need guys, you need talent, you need depth, you need all those things. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's still a lot of work to do on the defensive side. So as much as I'm, you know, I'm optimistic about the year that they had, there is a lot of work to kind of piece that together for the future. All right. Um, I think this is an easy grade uh, because most of the uh, evaluation goes to the kicking game. I'm giving the special teams an A-. minus. Um, I thought, obviously, Daniel Carson was terrific. A.J. Cole, pro bowler. Both wrapped up with contract extensions. So I think mostly for the kicking game, you have to look at special teams and grade it out. Um, 
a couple things. You know, Hunter Renfro uh, had some fumbles as a punt returner. He's still very, very good of a possession guy to where most of the time is not going to make a mistake. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm comparing it to other NFL teams, so I'm not going to tell you and pretend to know that every kickoff returner in the league has explosiveness and returns kicks for touchdowns. So maybe they're on par with the league. I would like to see them with a little better kick return uh, uh, in terms of someone who may be able to break it or have some kind of explosion. And then with Hunter, as much as I love Hunter Renfro, like I said, he did fumble the ball three times, so I can't give it a complete A. But the most important thing about this entire grade is that I believe the long snapper has thumbs and he can beat people in thumb fights. Um, so I'm going to go A-, minus. but uh, I mean, the kickers are easy here. T- talk first about the, the return game. Uh, Hunter... And then if you'd like to see any changes or improvements from those who kickoff return. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, an easy way to do that is as good as, you know, on the surface, we would have thought, yeah, they had a tremendous year on special teams. It it seems that way because AJ Cole was so good and because Daniel Carlson was so good. And I think that's the first things you look at. And I don't think there's any question about it. I think that's the easy way to do it. Um, You have to say that they were really, really good. But if you dive deeper into all the aspects of special teams, I think you'd be surprised. Um, because as you mentioned, there are some other questions there are in the return game. There's been a question. Um, there's just been, there's been other issues. So as good as their kicking game has been, I believe, and I'm trying to look it up right now and I'm, I am on the page right now. So they are, they finished 21st in special teams, according to Football Outsiders DVOA ratings. That would surprise a lot of people only because the first thing you do is the kicking. Right. And, and and again, that's what you see right off the top. Now, one of the issues is that A.J. Cole was kicking almost too well. He was out kicking the coverage at times, and they had a little bit of an issue um, on returns. Uh, their kickoff returns uh, coverage uh, wasn't great. So as good as Carlson was in – um, you know, as a kicker, uh, and that's what you really need him for, uh, left something to be desired in terms of allowing returns, and that's on the coverage as much as it is on him. Um, so it just it wasn't great. They weren't getting enough out of the return or out of their coverage and, and kickoffs. Uh, punts, even though they're, you know, the gross was tremendous, and A.J. Cole was good not only at kicking the ball long, but also uh, pinning teams deep at times, uh, you know, on if he had to kick it to the corner or, uh, try to play for field position. Um, but their coverage in general wasn't necessarily great. So, you know, they took a little bit of a step back overall because last year they were uh, fourth, uh, excuse me, uh, they were they were 12th in the league overall. Um, they were fourth in a couple of different categories, but they were, they were like 12th or 13th overall in the league and fell down a little bit. And hey, maybe you can say Rich Versace had other things to do this year. He was focused on some different things. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think you you don't want to overreact and, and like look at too many of the details when you when you want to see the surface and say yes, kicking the special teams is about kicking and punting. They're really good in those areas, um, and and they've got those guys locked up. So I'm, they're very excited about the future for that. But there are little things. I think that's the point here is that there are little things that they can still clean up on the special teams. I don't think they can sit back and say, hey, we had a great year on special teams. For the most part, yeah, on the, on the things that are very important, they did. But the underlying numbers aren't necessarily great. What's your grade? Um, I know where you're going. Oh boy! I'll say exactly. Think? I think you're going to go B plus. <laughs> I was going to go B minus. Oh, all right, all right. Before we go, um, you are a Michigan guy. You love the Wolverines. I did want to ask you about one name in particular. It won't surprise every. It won't surprise anyone. <laughs> I wonder what uh, that name is. Yeah. So 
haven't hired a GM, but Jim Harbaugh has kind of come to the surface as the, in many people's minds, the leading candidate to be the head coach of the Raiders, the next coach of the Raiders. There have been differing reports. He wants all power. There have been differing reports that, no, he doesn't want all power. He's been in the league before. He's seen you know both sides of it. Uh, he's a guy who has struggled at times to get along with people. That's where a lot of times he has short tenures at plays, although he's been in Michigan for a while. So real quick here before we get out of here, you know uh, Jim Harbaugh and his past as well as anyone given your Michigan ties. Is this a good thing? Well, a two-part question. How good a hire would be as a coach, and would you want him to have all power? No. I would say no. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. I don't I don't think that works necessarily um in, in most situations. Uh so I wouldn't I wouldn't be advocating that. Um and also I I think it's tough. I, I think Jim Harbaugh would be a great hire. I think it's a very safe hire. I think he'd do a, a good job. We saw what he did in San Francisco. Um he was great, although and people are not gonna like this. That was with an unbelievably dynamic quarterback in Colin Kaepernick, who was who was very good. Um, but I, I am I am concerned a little bit about you know not the game passing of God because it's only been a couple of years, but things do change a little bit. They change year to year in the NFL. Um, it's been a little bit of time. He's been in college. It'd be an adjustment period, I think, uh, to come back to the NFL. Um, I think he loves the Raiders organization. I think Mark Davis loves him. I think that would work, and I think there would be some excitement around the around the organization. Um, listen, I don't think it'd be a bad move. I, th- I think it would work, and they'd be okay. Um, I'd be more going for you know home run than you know double or triple like like I think Jim Harbaugh would be. Sure. Um, but if you go for a home run, a lot of times you might swing too hard and, and strike out. And you know, I, I think a lot of people know. If you listen to this podcast or follow on Twitter, and certainly you guys that are sitting with me in the press box know, um, my biggest concerns with a coach are, you know, going forward in the right situations, optimizing opportunities in terms of, you know, when you when you go for two, when you go for it on fourth down, um, those sorts of things are what I think is very important, especially as the NFL starts to change and people start to understand the mathematics of it. Uh, so, so that's what I would be doing, and. Um, I think that there's some young coaches that aren't even really being talked about right now uh, that are going to start to change the game a little bit more. Um, obviously, we saw you know what the Chargers are doing with Staley, and you can say all you want, hey, it didn't work out, and um, it, it didn't happen that way. But in the long run, it will work out because you are doing the right things mathematically, and that's what you're supposed to do. And I think teams are going to start doing that more and more. And if you're falling behind the times, uh, it's not going to be great. And I don't know. You know, watching Jim Harbaugh, there's there's some times where he gets a little bit aggressive, but he's fairly conservative, and I I don't love that um, as a coach. So I do love Jim Harbaugh. I think it would be great. I think listen for our from our perspective to cover him every day, amazing. I would I would love it. I'd I'd like nothing more. But um, there's some guys out there, and you know, Mike McDaniel is one guy that I really really have in mind that I'm pushing. Uh, for anybody that'll listen, uh, he's not really getting too many interviews right now. He's the, you know, basically run game coordinator slash uh, kind of offensive coordinator uh, for Shanahan in San Francisco. Um, really fun interview. Uh, he's been great. I know a lot of viral videos have come out, uh, but he's he's just a math, a math dude uh, who's also, you know, a good football guy, but um, definitely understands the math of the game. And I think that's that's kind of where it's going. Uh, so I'm not necessarily saying he would be the hire, but guys like that, guys that have a forward-thinking mind of understanding math uh, in, in how it relates in football, I think would be 
probably the best way to go, but I doubt the Raiders do that. There you have it. It's Hill's grades and who he wants as the next coach. We're going to keep on top of this for the GM and the head coach as owner Mark Davis has some very serious decisions to make, and then the GM can have decisions to make on who to keep, who to let go, who to move on from. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all our coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.